We at Time to Rebuild would like to acknowledge that this podcast is produced on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. At the YMCA Rebuild, we're in the business of reducing recidivism in Victoria and in no way do we condone criminal activity discussed in these episodes. We support victims of crime and are committed to creating a safer community. You ask me the questions and I'll talk. I think you've been yelled at a few times, mate. That's a really good point that you make because we're, this is what this podcast is about, is giving out little sight. You're, you're going you're gonna to do things that are compromised, maybe the values and morals that you were brought up with, or maybe they fall right in line with the values and morals that I was brought up having. Um, my focus is just focusing on what I'm going to do when I get out. And all the stuff that you mightn't have thought of mm. that goes on in the prison. Yeah, like how many alarms get set off when you walk in with me, Cronin. Mick Cronin. Mac Wilson. Mate, we're back. Last show of the season. Season five. Massive season. It was a big season. Mm. And very um, teamed, I suppose. We lived experience being where we went with that. And we uh, we got to interview some amazing people. Yeah. Um, who we know a lot. We like that are, you know, in the in the realms of social enterprise or in the work that we do as well. But, um, but I just thought, yeah. It was great to hear the stories of, of people that have, you know, really, really been in the system, mm. have yeah, been absorbed in the system and then have come out the other side and are doing great things um, to help people that were in the same position as them. Yeah, yeah. And they're kind of in that next stage of life, uh, you know, along the lines where, you know, when you do go to prison and you go through it and then you've come out the other side and they've all doing really positively i like it how we've kind of come full circle in a way because uh, if you go back to season one yes you know we interviewed a lot of our young guys uh in the course and they were right at the beginning you know yes. like obviously they've all come out of prison but they were right at the beginning of their journey about uh what direction they were going in um and then come season five we interview a whole bunch of guys that have that have uh, have gone through it and come out and are doing great things. That's a great point, actually. It's got, it's a really um, good reflection um, mm. because yeah, and I think if you look at season one, the people, the young people we interviewed, they're with rebuilding, they're doing the work, but they don't they don't really know where they're where they're heading and what they're going, you know, what they really want to do as such, you know, they just know that they want to be part of what rebuild was at the time and 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 you know to have that support. Um, and then you look at our guests, yeah, they've been through it like they've had extensive years in custody or extensive years in life living um a certain lifestyle yeah. and a lot of them are very lucky you know to be still with us yeah and i think that's one of the reflections which we know we'll go into it a little bit but they all had some very you know real kind of dark times with some real moments where they, where they were able to switch yeah and i think that's the kind of the overwhelming kind of message and and the takeaway i think from, from from season five as well but yeah season one interesting like you know yeah. these young people hopefully won't be going through the same pathways as the one we interviewed in season five that'll be nice yeah and that's what we're trying to do so yeah. they don't we don't keep uh, having to interview these people uh that way but um but yeah so i think when we jump into like episode what was episode one we did a double we came back with a double came back with a double just after the new years uh with luke anderson yeah yeah so, founder of Th- Fair Threads, and um, and doing great work in the uh, electrical industry at the moment. 
Yes, that's what his trade was before he yeah. was. Um, well, he was looking out for him at the custody. Um, yeah, Luke's a uh, yeah, great, great interview. Really, and, and really thankful to Luke as well because like mm. he um, he really opened up. Yeah. You know, like I've heard him speak before, and and you know he's great, and he's you know he's willing to you know share his story and um, for the for for the, you know for good, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah, as even he said he he went even a bit more and and deeper with us, and that's why it turned into a double because it was just a. Yeah captivating from start to finish um, but also really important for people to hear as well but yeah but what was your kind of take on that like what was your takes from it yeah I mean his resilience really hit me like I, I can't sometimes when I hear these stories I can't understand how people bounce back um, not to say I'm soft but when like, I can say that <laughs> <laughs> but if something was like something like as serious you know, yeah. that sort of stuff happened to me. I put myself in that, like, try and look at it with an empathetic view and yeah. go, I would crumble where, you know, you get these guys that, that you know, go through it and not, you know, stuff happens and everything like that. But, like, to come out the other end and, you know, um, be moving in a positive direction is just, it, it blows my mind. But you don't know until you're in that situation. Yeah, that's true. Like you don't know what you're capable of, mm. and that's the, the the human mind and body and everything. It doesn't know what it's capable of until you're facing something like that. And some, you know, everyone deals with it differently. And and you know, you can see that in some of the stories. Like they weren't all together. Like they were yeah. very very dark and and nearly not bouncing back. Yeah, some of them shouldn't be here. Yeah, if you think about it. Yeah, Re- absolutely. Realistically, you know, like um, but. Yeah, I think you're you're right in saying that. Yeah, his story is a lot of of resilience and and what struck me about that was it really paints a picture of a young person, like meaning like very very young, like a child, mm-hmm. you know, and where his life was at and how he was going through life then. Mm-hmm. Like he was quite alone and he was, you know, very very dark places. I always remember he said, I think he's, he have uh, his diary. Yeah. His first uh, suicidal note in our suicidal like tendency or, or note that he had in there, you know, at nine years of age. I think he was yeah. the age. He didn't get any go, geez. You know I mean, like, that's that's seriously deep stuff there. Like, yeah. that's hard. And so that's a nine year old who's processing life. Like, what's that life like? Yeah. You can't put yourself in that shoes. You know no. what I mean? But then he tells his story as he moves through and moves through and moves through. And then it kind of has that. That moment, you know that moment in the, was he in the, he was in the, um, getting lunch. Yeah, yeah, the dollar cheeseburger and he was uh, fidgeting around the car trying to find, just get the scrap change to collect yeah. a dollar uh, and he got to 95 cents. Yeah, he got to 95 cents. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll play that clip now for those who haven't heard it. But I got to McDonald's and McDonald's had double beef and cheese promotion at the time and it was $1 for a double beef and cheese. So it was pretty frequent that I was getting like, it was like a mad um, high calorie dosage. So I, yeah, get my dollar, go through. I'm like, so this, this would have been on a, on a Tuesday. I went parked in the McDonald's car park and I started scrounging through my car and I started out like with 20 cents, find another 20 cents, 10 cents, five cents, 20 cents. I'm like, oh, sweet. Got up to 85 cents, then I can't find any more money. 90 cents. I ended up getting to 95 cents, and I had to go back to work at this stage. 
and for for some reason that moment was a catalyst for change for me because it it was like you know lightning just come from the sky and just struck me and I'd like I, I wasn't uh, ever an emotional person unless I was drinking you know so it it just came out of nowhere all of a sudden I just broke down in tears like really like hysterically crying like what, what 95 cents why can't I even have a dollar like I was particularly hungry on this day I'd worked pretty hard and then like through my tears I just like started crying I guess in kind of a manic way but I started laughing and then just starting to think like oh you know what yeah actually you know what it is it's gonna it's gonna be like I haven't believed in in God before but I do now and he's there all right and he's there to, he's there to get me because there's got to be someone that's responsible for this the whole way along because it can't be it can't be that I'm having these experiences throughout my whole life and there's no higher being that isn't just trying to push my face into the dirt every time that I try to have any any little thing uh, go right for me and then that sort of went through the you know the laughing at how ridiculous the situation was with the 95 cents to you know what no one's been there for you no one's going to be there for you it's up to you you're the one that's got to do something about this and you start now yeah that's yeah that's that's a story look at the fact that he's like you, you i reckon when you listen to that and i know when he told us on the day you, you were nearly there with him yeah. In the car, you were thinking to yourself, like, I can feel that. Like, he's, you know, and the part where he says, like, he just, like, was crying and laughing. Yeah. Like, it was just this crazy mix of emotion. And the fact that leading up to that, like, he was driving around the corner all the time from work so people wouldn't know he hadn't got lunch. Yeah. He was the one that would go and get through that so that people would think that, you know, because he had nothing, starving and walking and everything else. But that moment was quite, um, yeah, it was pivotal, wasn't it, for him? Yeah. Because it was like... Uh, this can't this can't go on. I can't be doing this car back. Five cents is this what this is life giving me? Like yeah, and it's such a small thing, but yeah. it had such a, a profound impact on him a bit as well. Yeah, yeah. But the profound impact it had on him wasn't that he was gonna go and do good. Yeah. That's that the, was thing. the start of that's what we just need to clarify. It wasn't yeah. that he's like, Oh, I'm gonna give me life back. Like he actually just went, I'm gonna get money. Yeah. Yeah, there you go, and there's where you sit. You sit. There's an interesting, you know, thing we bring it up that faced with, yeah, you know, this kind of adversity or this kind of you know, problems in life. Where does it lead you to? Yeah, and where where do you go searching for that? Yeah, and at that young age as well, you know, like that's that's like a lot of the young people in society, you know, switch on to that survival mode mm. and go, well, if I'm not going to get help from anybody else, I got to do it all myself. And sometimes that can go positively and sometimes that can go negatively in a community point of view. Yeah. And looking for Luke, he's, you know, he came to the other side of it, did everything, you know, he's, you know, he's got a, you know, uh, wife and kid and, mm. and, uh, and his life, you know, his business is good and he's, uh, he's on the up and he, you know, shares that story as well. So it was a great, it was a great um, episode to kick off with. So yeah, yeah especially yeah. in the double as well. So, and then. Then we move down to Joe Kwan. Joe. So Joey. Um, and Joe's like, you know, anyone that listens to his will, you know, his story is very um, captivating. If you meet Joe in person, yeah. it's even more captivating. And, and uh, you know, I'll be very lucky to, to know Joe personally and, and spend time with him. I've heard his story a couple of times. And just recently, just recently I was in Sydney and he was, you know, pre- presenting and I was there. And, and 
it never gets tiring, and you always there's always new parts of it. Yeah. yeah, or new parts of the work that he's doing that you know just you just go, oh man, yeah. So his his story was is is great. A few things that stick out in that, right? Well, there's a lot. The fact that you do there's an there's the irony part of the fact that he starts his story, which I've never he's only told I've only heard a couple of times this part of it where he talks about his mother being an opera singer and stuff yeah. and he knew all this like at an early age he knew, you know, about opera singing and all that. And it's that moment where he's head down like glass window and he's got cops. We wait out of room service and it's it's the you know, it's not the room service he asked for. Um and he's getting busted and basically he's on the ground, head down, guns at him, you know, and he's looking out and the only thing he can see is the opera house. Yeah. Like no, that moment. He's just thinking to himself, it's like crazy, isn't it? Like oh. that's your full circle. It is your full circle where that goes for him. And it's yeah. like, um, and it wasn't lost on him that, that moment, no. you know, of just like, you're kidding me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like this is the last thing I'll see of freedom for whatever. That was probably one of the big parts. But I think the other one as well is again, is where his life turns. Yeah. So I think he's in prison. He mentions, you know, he, what even in the episode, but I think, you know, a takeaway for me with Joe is he had, he's surrounded by these seasoned criminals, mm. icons in such, if you would call them in yeah. prison. Yeah. That he was like, I'm going to be that. I'm going to do that. Mm. And then he had this like, you know, but hang on a minute. Like they're not going anywhere. And they've been in, they spent a lot of time in prison. Yeah. You know, and then there's that moment, which I think if you can play it, yeah, yeah, we'll play it here. It's uh, yeah. Well, I'll let him do the talking. I was doing laps up and down the prison yard, and this new bloke comes into the yard. Right, so he he had uh, older Caucasian man. He had this massive bruised eye, you know, because he'd been punched in the face, and you know he he was walking around like you know the the world was over, because the rumor was that he was a billionaire accountant. You know, he come to he come into prison for Australia's largest tax fraud. You know, um, and pretty much everyone was out to extort this guy, you know, and they said, you know, he's a billionaire accountant. Everyone, he's the word billionaire. All I heard was the word accountant. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you beauty, you know? So I, w- I approached him and I gave him, a bi- I gave him a business proposal that he couldn't refuse. So I said to him, look, if I'm going to allow you to move into my cell under the condition that you teach me accounting every day and in return, I'll give you the protection of my gang. No one's gonna lay a finger on you while while you're while you're with me, you know. So he couldn't move into my cell any faster. So, <laughs> and he, he moved into my cell and he kept his end of the bargain. So not only did he teach me accounting every day, but he taught me about business. He taught me about you know the value of education, why I should educate myself, and most importantly, this is the most important one. Taught me about self worth, you know that you can do this, you know. So, so yeah, so. He's the one, you know, I, it's ironic, you know, I found my first positive mentor in a prison. You know, I had to go to prison to find a positive mentor out of all places. And, um, you know, not only, you know, did he support me through all that, you know, he really encouraged me to, to do my HSC in custody. So I did my HSC. Uh, I was able to complete it and in hopes that I could go to university one day. And I love, I love that moment because if you look at it, he's seen an opportunity where no one else saw it. And that's like with a lot of situations, anyone listening, you know, can look at an opportunity and look at it and think the best possible outcome for this situation is going to be X, Y, and Z. But 
there's always so many other ways that something can plan out. And, you know, when everyone else saw a billionaire walk in, he thought long-term when a lot of a lot of them were thinking short. accountant. Thought accountant. He's got a team accountant, yeah. yeah. And love the fact that they're still in contact and mentors and support people and um, he taught him business and, and Joe just goes from, you know, strength to strength when, you know, he's there. Uh, He's, you know, the work he does, the business he does is brilliant and it will continue to, to, to be that way as well. And he's someone that, you know, you like, I'm sure if listeners are here, they'll probably see him pop up a bit more because he's, uh, yeah, he's he's on the up, that fella. He's, yeah. Uh, and it's no shortage of offers from to speak at places no. as well, you know, for good reason. <laughs> yeah. And the amount of like inspiration he's, um, you know, positive inspiration he's doing for young people in prison. Yeah. Not just young people, everybody. Yeah. Because people talk about him. You know, we're in Victorian prisons that people talk about him, you know, as like the gold standard of what they want to do. Like a lot of them into their fitness and a lot of them want to, you know, use that on the outside and he's doing it for great. So awesome. He lifts people up, as he says. So yeah, I love talking to Joe. Um, Where do we go to then? After that, uh, we speak to Dwayne Antajado, who uh, has been a multiple time guest on our show. Yes, he has. Yeah, he's been there. He's been... A guest with two names. That's right. Formerly known as Noah and then, you know, okay, and now Dwayne. So we'll it. stick with Dwayne. And we've never actually said that. And I've never put in the notes or anything that we don't use people's real names when they come onto our show. <laughs> oh, uh, no. Well, so I'm actually, good. well, no one knows that your name is actually uh, Cyril. <laughs> <laughs> but we might as well, when we're disclosed, not just get it out there That's anyway. That's it. But uh, yeah, so anyway, um, but yeah, no, we, we don't, people, we don't know that. No, we do that for good reason. Even if they, even if they don't have any, um, for instance, uh, record or not facing charges or they're not in prison or, you know, in the community on orders, that's when we tend to, yeah. um, some will have their real name, like Joe Quant is his real name yeah. um, and Luke is his real name, but, but someone that you would have heard earlier on, especially in season one and two, mm-hmm. will anyone who you interview from Rebuild will never be their real name. Yeah. I tell you what, they've been very vulnerable coming on even, even talking about it. So it, it just eases the the environment a bit as well yeah, by so, doing that but uh so Dwayne 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 was great Dwayne Dwayne's been great uh to us uh with this and I've been very lucky um got invited to a conference to hear him speak recently uh just before Christmas and and it was great you know like he's he's starting to get a really well respected name uh in that area of study and academic academia yeah. Academia. Well, it's not us. So. Yeah, you, you took two of us to try and to, to, to decipher if that's what the word is. That says everything. So, so it's really good, really good. And he put on. He he did some. Uh, he did some great work uh, at that conference as well. And he's speaking at many more to come. Well, the team we did is his lived experience. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what the whole season was. And he speaks of lived experience. Yeah, and yep. he's doing it across the world. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, and he's kind of bridging a gap as well between people in like the academics field and lived experience Great. because you know if I was to look at it you know there's a like there is a gap there you know from the people that study it and the people that have lived it and I think I think it's great we'd need more people doing it yeah yeah absolutely and uh, yeah you just go yeah you, you know Dwayne is someone that we'll always be connected to because you'll always see him around mm-hmm. talking and speaking and and he's obviously obviously reaches out as well and he's obviously keen to to work with us on other things as well yeah. so yeah so obviously yeah we'll watch that space with him you know yeah but out of that episode i think um i think it was i think it was really interesting when because as he was released he wasn't prepared to be released 
you know, and um, and he got like he was he was just thinking, you know, oh, I'm gonna be here for another couple of months, and then all of a sudden he's halfway through dinner. And, uh, That's right. Yeah, it leaves the lads stranded, <laughs> chopping the veg. Got you know hungry I mean? stomachs that night. Just, just there till twelve o'clock. Just what's going on here? Do we eat this raw? Where is it? Where's the man that's cooking this? But yeah, all jokes aside, right. yeah. But it was a, a, a good um, part of it where yeah, you mm. just talk about that. Mm. Mm. And lucky he had the support on the way out. So with uh, you know through his family and, and the services, because otherwise that could have uh, for you know for someone that gets released without notice uh can be really really difficult situation are you gonna listen to that pad oh well, let's put it on <laughs> um when i think about when that recording happened i actually can't remember because i feel like it was like a a decade ago um but i was released um just over 12 months now in september 2021 and um that was unexpected release, to be honest, because I went into court and the judge had decided to put me back on bail. And so I actually was released not as a sentenced person, but as a person that was on bail for six months, which is a very unusual sort of legal provision in the law. But um, yeah, it was odd because I went into court that day thinking that I was, you know, going to be here for another three or four months. It's going to take a bit more time to resolve my matter. And the judge went, no, you're going home. I was like, oh, really? Yeah, it was so odd. Yeah, it was honest. I, I There was a part of me, to be perfectly honest, that didn't want to go home because like, I wasn't mentally, emotionally prepared to leave. Like I hadn't packed anything. I was, I was, I think before going to court that day, and it was video link because it was sort of during the height of COVID, I was like chopping up vegetables for dinner. So I was like preparing to go back home and cook dinner and, and, and watch a movie or something because I think it was a Friday. But no, I, I got sent home and I was like, I, I was, I think I even told my, my solicitor, I was like, not, not today. Can I go home tomorrow? Like I, I need time to kind of prepare myself mentally, but unfortunately I had to go home that day. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, it was, I, I think when people enter the prison system, they don't have that, that sort of mental preparation to go into the prison system. But the difference is when people exit the prison system, especially if you're a sentenced person, you usually have that time to kind of reflect and prepare yourself mentally to enter the real world. And I felt like I didn't have that experience. But upon leaving prison, um, I also felt this really strong sense of guilt that I still feel to this day. It was like this, it's really hard to explain. It might sound kind of crazy, right? But it was this guilt that, you know, why do I get to go home? and leave the friends, really the family I've created in prison, but they don't get to go home. And it was it was quite palpable and striking when I sort of started saying goodbyes. And oddly enough, I had to hold back tears because I was kind of, it was a really emotional sort of, I felt like I was letting go of family members. It was letting go of, of a person that I'd lived with or people that I lived with. And I found that incredibly difficult and incredibly challenging. Yeah, so... So it, it comes across much better from him than me. So it's uh, good to listen to, say, to that part. Didn't want to say. But anyway. <laughs> Next, uh, we read the newspaper. We read the newspaper, mate. We didn't listen to it. Read it. Huh? Well, you read it and then you, you gave it to me. I don't read newspapers. Mac, you read that paper there and just let us know. What's Give me going a summary. On. Give us a summary. High, <laughs> high level dot point, please. <laughs> now, read the newspaper. But um, yeah, look, we just reflected on what was going on in. Um, in, in Victoria at the moment and Australia for that matter. Um, and with some new things that are, that's happening in the industry. 
um, something different that we tried. Yeah. It was good. It was good. I think, you know, um, some people have always said to us at times, why, you know, you do one yourselves or why why wouldn't you do one yourselves? And we kind of go, oh, we have a lot of great guests there. We let them be the voice of it, you know. Um, But I think that was an opportunity where we said, oh, you know what, let's do something a little bit different. We might do it again. Um, It might be part of what we do. We do a short episode that we do just of that. Um, But I think it was good because we could relate it back to a little bit of what we'd had in earlier episodes. Yeah. You look at deportation and and then we looked at, you know, um, kind of the sentencing and and bail Mm. um, acts and that. I think what was good is we could really break that down a little bit for the listener and say, these are the kind of things, yeah. if you're on bail um, and so forth, that you know you need to apply, you know, you need to call to, or a judge will see it as when they're making, when they're granting down bail. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. granting bail or not granting bail. And this is why, they, this is what they go through. So I think that was good in that space. So yeah, so we tried something new and uh, yeah. yeah, we might never do it again or we might, <laughs> depending. We might promote it next time as well. But we didn't promote it. <laughs> I always promote everything else and then promote yourself, mate. That's it. That's right. Isn't That's it? it. That's the problem. Uh, and then that leads us uh, to last week's episode, uh, which was Simon Fennick, uh, general manager from Fruit to Work, but also lived experience. Yeah, Simon's um, great. Another person you hear around, known for a while, and seen him around at talks at conferences and, yeah. and everything else. And uh, But you know, he does August conference and all that, but I've always been been in another part of a conference, or I've heard a snippet of him. I've never, I've only heard he's only speaking for a few minutes, but his his story, mm. um, kind of avoided a little bit until we, you know, we were going to interview him yeah. in a sense because I knew good parts of it, and um, heard a lot of it like in different areas, and then when he brought it all together for us, it was like, oh, it was it was a. Uh, Pretty compelling. Yeah. Very dark as well. Like very like, but he, but like in a way where he, he brings you on that journey of where his life was and how it got there. And he just, you know, you could listen to Simon like all day talk about stuff. Like he's just got that real good connection to, of of interest, but also that say that lived experience. You just go, wow, you just get your mind thinking I've been in that moment. Yeah. And their moments are quite graphic sometimes and can be challenging. And, you know, anyone listening to this has not listened to them episodes, you know, you just need to be careful when you're listening on it because there's mentions of suicide and, and so forth as well. There's a person who probably should never be here. Yeah. Like, yeah. truth be told, yeah. shouldn't be here. Yeah. Like, um, but is. Yeah. And he's, you know, damn well making the most of it as well. Oh. Do you, know, do you know about that, Mark, though? If you listen and go back to the start, we don't listen to this piece now, but if you go back to the start, like, his life started well. Mm. Like he was going good. Yeah. It was an accident. Yep. In the workplace. And that's how easy it can happen, you know? Um, and I think, and I, it's a story that I've heard like quite a few times over the last few years is is a turning point for people, you know? And we talk about turning points can be good and bad, um, you know? And a lot of the stories that, that I hear is, you know, it's something, it's like an accident, can't work, lost a loved one. Um, and then, and it all... Uh, it all comes down, so it's one of those. It's one of those things. I think he. I think he. Re, he's rebounded really well, and I just like you know, it's probably not something that you can measure, but how many lives has he saved uh, by doing the work he's doing at Fruit to Work? Great point. Mm. Yeah, no, mm. you, you're spot on. Like, yeah, you're right. He is, and that's his goal. You know, yeah. in life is is you know to do that, and I think he kind of says he'd happily walk for Fruit to Work for the rest of his life. Yeah, like that's you know, he, and and. Yeah, they do great work as well. Like that whole team, they're, they're great, you know. 
and he brought us he brought us in some fruit that day, which we will we will we, we again. And the funny thing about this is, right, he brought us in some fruit. We were like, we we're going, that's great. And at the end, I was like, ask for bring us in more fruit, you know, like just as a laugh. And he goes, you didn't miss an opportunity. I tell you, the opportunity to happen there that we buy a box of fruit yeah, off there. there every week. But it's so signed who, up. So who played who there? I reckon <laughs> Simon knew what he was doing. That's uh, good but, fruit as well. Yeah, damn good fruit and and uh, and i'd get on board i was listening there's a company or organization as well that, yeah. you know they do other stuff the natural fruit, as he mentions like milk and other stuff like that but use them and uh and yeah quality is spot on yeah. and i love the fact that when we come into work every week you see fruit there and you know where it's coming from it's yeah. being delivered from fruit to work and i think that's very important for social enterprises support social enterprises and for organizations to look to support social enterprises as well it's yeah. a really easy thing to do and has a really big impact but i love it everyone in the office is eating a whole bunch of fruit yeah, now non-stop. You know? yeah. non-stop even like all the young guys and everything like that will be yeah. chowing down and um <laughs> i love it yeah. i don't i don't bring fruit to work anymore now, fruit so, to work brings fruit to work for us. Oh, there you go. Look, what look a catch. That. What yeah, an advertisement. You were in the wrong Sponsored. game. You are in the wrong game. <laughs> but anyway, like, like, what was, was there, a, was there a part of that episode that like stood out to you or, or resonated you or like, stayed with you a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. And it's something, got a lot of feedback from the episode as well um, from people. Um, and I think one of the big ones, like talking about it, some of his like real low points I think um, it was when he stepped out in front of a truck oh, yeah. um, and it, that it was kind of like took me, took me back when, when he spoke about it, but just reflecting of like what that situation was that he experienced is yeah. just, you know, like how, how low he must've been to be feeling like that. And then to get up and walk away. I, my, yeah. Listening to that, it was just like, you know, but you know, the, 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 up, the side of it that comes out of it then is like that's not the only t- time that's happened or he's in his life and he speaks about it and you listen to the episode you'll hear that but it's where he finds it within himself to keep going yeah and keep living and the other part which we won't play but is is the, is the situation that he goes into when he's released from prison meaning like what he is faced in the boarding house that he's put up he's, he's been yeah. put to and the decision he has to make there is like I cannot live here like no one should no human should be in a yeah. position like that but he's that's what he's faced and he would not be alone that is a great point and um, it's like and I want people to know that a listing like this is one of, if not the major issue of people that people face when they do leave prison, is accommodation. Yeah. So we'll just listen to that. So, so leave prison on the bones of my ass. Yeah. Right. So leave prison with a, a garbage bag in prison greens, sent on the train, and um, my brother helped me with my court case. He helped me with my legals, um, but he made it very clear that I wasn't to live with him um, because he had his own struggles. Uh, and he was a justice of the peace, and here I am, a drug addict, ex-offender, right? <laughs> so um, the jail had organised a boarding house for me uh, to live in once I was released from prison. Uh, and I'm thinking, oh, well, at least I've got a roof over my head, mm. you know? All, then all I need is a job. But um, I caught the train from sale into the city. My brother met me in the city. He took me to the boarding house, which was in... North Sunshine and all I can say is wow yeah. wow you know here I am expecting 
uh, a bedroom in a house, yeah? Well, I knocked on the door. This huge lady answers the door, really big lady. Uh, one eye looking one way, another eye looking another. I didn't even know where to look because the eyes were in two totally different directions. You know, she's slurring her words. She's off her face um, on heroin. And, you know, she's uh, had this big thing of keys with her and she said, you must be here for the room. It's down the hallway. So she takes me down the hallway. The, the house stunk. Um, there was empty beer bottles everywhere. There was a car in the driveway with every window was smashed in it. There was a, uh, two lounge suites on the nature strip, you know, and I'm thinking, here we go, you know. So as she's mumbling away, she undoes these three padlocks on the door. It was like Maxwell Smart, you know, three padlocks on the door. <laughs> and she says that your room smells like piss because the guy in the room next to you has mental illness. He ur urinates on the wall and it goes into your carpet, you know. Uh. And sure enough, she opened his door and the waff of piss knocked me for a six. And I stuck my head in the room and there was three syringes on the carpet. Right? And, and, and my accommodation, so my, my, my bed never even had any sheets on it. It was just a mattress and base. There was a three uh, a side door a side drawer thing there supposed to have three drawers. There was just one drawer sitting in the middle, right? And the mattress had a big, dirty brown blood patch in the middle of it, like a big size of a football blood patch. And I couldn't, I just could not stay there. Yeah. My jail cell was cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I begged my brother. I said, I, said, I got him out of the car. I said, come and have a look at this because you're not going to believe it. Yeah. And, and 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 honestly, he couldn't believe it. So he put me, he got me up in a hotel for a few nights till he could sort something out. Um, and then he found me a, um, a, a drug-free boarding house in Point Cook, right? So we are staying with nine other people, but it was drug-free. Yeah. Uh, it was nice and new, and at least the bed had sheets on it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, so that was a start. And as I said, yeah, as I said there, that like you can do everything in the world, job, uh, all that sort of stuff. Um, but if you don't have accommodation, like none of it matters. No. <laughs> it's like, it's so difficult for, for some people when they get out. Well, environment and surroundings in general for your mental health mm. well-being play a massive part. Yeah. You know, if you're surrounded by that, yeah. where's your mind going to be at? Yeah. Where are you going to be at? Where's your self-belief and confidence going to be at? Where, like, like, it is... I'm not saying it's the major reason for people to be a fan. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But, but it plays a part. Let's just not cut around. Like, if you're facing that and you've got no support, and he had family, right? Yeah. He was very lucky. He talked to his brother. Because remember, he's lost a lot of his family. Yeah. So he talked to his brother. And then, yeah. And then he puts him in a hotel, I think. And then he gets accommodation, helps him get accommodation. Because he even saw it and went, well, you can't yeah. live here. Yeah. If you don't have anyone, if you don't have anyone no family you're cut off from everything else whatever then you don't have any way out of that yeah yeah that's the only way there is ways out of it the ways are retreating back to your old self yeah or going back to your old people which you're trying to separate from because yeah. you know what that's going to end up so that in itself is, is an issue um that you know needs to be addressed i don't know the answer for that and it's not gonna be solved here but like yeah you know that's just something that he you know mentions and i just yeah st stuck with us and as that clip said like you can imagine what he were looking at he, he paints the picture graphically yeah for you, you know? yeah and it's just so relevant to today you know the fact of the matter is we don't have enough housing in victoria and we 
And that's not just for people coming out of prison. No. That's just in general. Absolutely not. Yeah, right. Rise of living, rise of living, rise of living costs, you know, like through the roof. So you're already on the back foot as soon as you get out. And, and just for the average punter as well, um, just to survive at the moment, it's like it's, the cost of living is going through the roof. So it's something that's need, that needs to be addressed. Um, and, you know, we're not going to solve it in this 30-minute episode, but... Um, it's uh, it's definitely something to keep an eye out with changes in in government and 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 hold people accountable for what they've promised and solutions solutions where's the solutions yep. where are the great minds around here in the different industries and so forth like where's the great minds in the development in government yeah. in you know um, innovation community you know yeah. where where are these mindsets you know that can come together and go you know what this is this is options yeah here's some other stuff but anyway we'll see where that goes that's it. So that's the end of season five. So what are we thinking for season six? I think we should go back to our roots in a way. Uh, we've got a couple of young people on at the moment. They're doing really well and they've got great stories uh, to yeah, tell. Yeah, it'd be good, good to get back there. We, we didn't go this whole season, probably the fourth season. We didn't yeah. speak to anyone. We generally always have one to two. So I think we could do that. Maybe we can explore a little bit, uh, get a little bit of an angle from the prison side. Yep. Um, I know we, we, you know, we're looking at the GM and, and stuff of, of, of Ravenhall. So that would be that would be good just to get a uh, to talk there. It's really good, good, good insights on that. Yep. And I always say it though, but yeah, you know, maybe we can do like maybe something overseas somewhere or whatever. You know. Yep. Or maybe yep. we'll do something a little bit different. We might um we might have something that we can do a little bit different. Uh, we have events and stuff coming up. We might. We might tap into that as well. So I think what we're saying is we're yeah. going to go back a little bit to the to a few stories from the young people that we're actually working with and to, to demonstrate the impact there and what their lives are like as well. And then we have a little bit of a little bit of a mixed bag on where yeah. we go with that one as well, which is the beauty of what we do. We can kind of move it around and see what's the angle and what's the kind of conversation we want to start. Yeah, yeah. And we've got a lot of events coming up this year, so we can uh, get our listeners in for support with those. Yep. Um, and, yeah, so there'll be opportunities to, for everyone to get involved. Uh, and if, if, you, if this is something that uh, you enjoy, uh, something you can help out, that's great. Are you going to be hosting the badminton event, your annual badminton uh, I am, yep. And uh, badminton and uh, pickleball. And pickleball, well. is it? Yeah. yeah. It's taking the world by storm at the <laughs> moment. I always would have said you were a bit of a pickleball person. You always struck me as someone. Like, that game was made for you, I think. Like, I think that's what the game was made for. Yeah, Mr. Pickle. Uh, <laughs> Cyril Pickle. Cyril Pickle. Cyril Pickle. Well, 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 I look forward to that. I look forward to the events, and we look awesome. forward to, uh, um, to coming back um, in season six. Stay tuned. In the meantime, hope you enjoy all the shorts and, and stuff that, you know, we put on. And, uh, and until then, see you later. If anything in today's episode has raised any issues for you or someone you know, head over to our website for a full list of services that may help at ymcarebuild.org.au under the podcast tab. This podcast was produced by Mick Cronin and Mark Wilson. Editing done by Mark Wilson.